The automobile is one of the most important inventions that revolutionized the modern world in America. The rich history of car culture runs deep as technology continues to shape the future of the industry. Jason Stein, former publisher of Automotive News, is here to share the stories of people passionate about cars, from industry leaders and innovators to car-obsessed celebrities. Buckle up as Jason takes you inside the boardroom, onto the track, and around the bend on Cars and Culture on Sirius XM Business Radio. Welcome to Sirius XM's Cars and Culture. I'm Jason Stein in Detroit. On a big global design stage, there are moments that define a career, the reshaping of a halo car or the introduction of a new vehicle in a segment. And there are moments when being a guardian of a legacy is just as paramount. For Michael Simcoe, he's lived both worlds. You don't just accept the role of global head of design at General Motors without understanding the importance of the product and the importance of history. There is rich cultural significance in both. Simcoe is one of just a handful of people to ever hold the position. You can count on less than two hands the executives who have taken that mantle. In fact, he's only the seventh person to hold the title of Global Design Chief at GM. That's why, in a nod to history, Simcoe still sits in his suburban Detroit office that is the same office where the legendary Harley Earl once sat. The wood is still the same wood. The desk and chairs are still the same desk and chairs. You can feel the ghosts in the walls. And that's where Simcoe works with his team to create the new definition of GM. The one GM that is charting a completely new course in automotive history. One that is leaning in on electric and still trying to balance all those gasoline crazy buyers out there who love their trucks and always will. So from Harley Earl's office, Simcoe is creating his own culture. An Aussie by birth, he's a rare bird in the short legacy of those who have paved the way before him. But maybe it's that experience at Holden in Australia and other stops around the world that have made him so interesting and will make GM, now a smaller global company, just as interesting. So today on the show, we talk to Simcoe from Harley Earl's office. It's a conversation about the future of GM, its design direction, its pathway on electric, and even a little bit on the competition. GM, design, and the future from the head of all things design on Cars and Culture. Hi, I'm Mike Simcoe. This is Cars and Culture with uh, Jason Stein. It is great to be here with you at the GM Tech Center in uh, Warren, Michigan, but most importantly, sitting in this room, which I think goes back to 1955, 1956, yeah. when... This is 56. Uh, this is Harley Earl's office. Um, everyone post Harley has been a, a custodian. Uh, it's still his office. Uh, amazing place. Um, and if you want to, you can get uh, deep into the myth and there's ghosts in the wall. Um, but uh, it's, it's actually a nice place to sit and look forward. Um, you know, we can get sort of mired in the past, um, particularly in a big company with so much history that we have in GM and GM design, but uh, we've got to look forward, got to look forward. So people come in here, get inspired, and then we, we take them out and we get them to be creative in the, in the studios. It's amazing that it's been kept the same way. So I feel like I've walked into yeah. um, the TWA airport at uh, uh, JFK, yeah. uh, the uh, hotel that's been recreated like the 1960s. Yeah. And you, you look around the room and, and you have these, uh, you have the wood touches, you've got um, trap doors, you have mm -hmm. TVs that come out of um, uh, cabinets. Yeah. <laughs> and, you've and kept everything the same way. It, it, absolutely. And, and, and it's... Uh there's been retrimming and, and there's upkeep, but essentially the, the offices is the way it was um, when, when Harley was here back in, 
56 when the, the building first opened. Um, you know, the, the carving of the, of the, of the desk and the, uh, the integration of the, the couches and the seating around the walls. Um, um, there's some, some details including the, some of the, the metal and uh, timber mouldings that we're actually going to take into our new building. Um, just as a, a hint of this building into the new. Hmm. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, but it, it's, yeah, it's a beautiful office. I'm, I'm very fortunate. Do you feel that significance? Uh, still walking through the, uh, the doorway here? Is yeah. it, does it catch you? I think it's, it's for me, it's, I think it's like most of the, the folks who work in design here, uh, to work in a Saarinen building and, and on a uh, campus like this, uh, the tech center is pretty special. Um, but you don't, you don't feel it every day um, because you're immersed in it. Um, it's another workplace. When visitors like you come and, uh, or I do a tour, um, that's when you, you feel it. Um, the, the place comes alive and you actually realize uh, what, you, what you walk into every day. Uh, the rest of the time, it's a workplace. <laughs> Tell me about the significance of Harley Earl to you. Uh, Harley is the guy who started it all. I mean, he, he, uh, uh, when he joined GM, um, between he and Sloan and, and, uh, uh, and the vision they had for uh, the brands and, and how to take uh, vehicles uh, you know, by brand uh, and through stage of life. Um, that was pretty special. Harley created clay, clay sculpting, um, created styling the, the way we now do it globally. Um, so he, he was the first. Um, he was a, I mean, Mitchell said he couldn't draw. I don't know whether that was true or not. Um, that's, there's lots of myths. Um, but the guy had, a, in my mind, had, he was a, an, an innate sense of performance uh, and detail and execution and, and had, a, had a, an enduring vision. Um, and it, it lasted from 27 till 50. Yeah. An amazing uh, imprint on the place. Um, and frankly, on design globally, you know, it all followed him. Is it required uh, that if you're going to sit in Harley Earl's <laughs> office, that, that you know every intimate detail about no. the man himself? No, I, I mean, seriously, I, 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 knew, uh, uh, I knew about him. I, I know the history. I know the, the myth, as you do, you work in GM design, you, you know, the myth is, is, and the legend is part of it. Um, but you learn more um, once you're in, immersed in this world uh, and in this office. Uh, you, you learn more um, because people ask you more, frankly. Um, and the more you experience the office, the more you want to know. Um, so I, I, do I know him in detail? No. But, but if you think this is a guy who created design um, and has had uh, I guess ideas and, and a vision ex as expansive as even being involved uh, with um, you know the France family and, and NASCAR when it, in its birth. Um, Firebird One is the is on top of the sculpture because of Harley Earl. That's right. Yeah. yeah. How heavy is the is the the, the uh, crown that you have to wear? As oh, head? it's light. It's light. <laughs> no, no. Seriously, seriously. If I if I got mired in that, then the job would be uh, would be impossible. Um, right. I, I have a. Uh, there's a, a team of very creative people here in, in design that um, my job is to enable them, um, keep them doing what they do best, which is uh, creatively, cl 
creati creatively um, you know, um, designing and, and, uh, and executing um, these days pretty stunning vehicles. You're in year six, right? Starting year yeah, seven. I started in 16, yeah. 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 What have you learned in, in this role that you can share with us that uh, um, maybe we wouldn't know? Yeah. Um, I'm probably more humble than I was when I came in. Um, I have to have a, there had to be a level of arrogance uh, to say yes to taking the job in the first place. Um, um, although within two weeks I'd realised I might have made a mistake, but anyway. <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm probably more humble now than I used to be uh, mm. because I've been exposed to, to more people and, and more work. I mean, I, I, my background is, is uh, the Australian studios, Holden, and when, they, when I started back in 83. Um, and then you know, largely, apart from three stints, or this, this is the third three stints here in North America, I'd been working out of Australia and Asia Pacific. And so I was in smaller studios. Um, um, so the, the impact of, of direction or decisions was nothing like it is now. Um, so, yeah, I, humble, humbled by the, uh, the responsibility, I suppose, is probably the biggest change. You're only the seventh designer in the history of the company. Yeah, lucky seven. Lucky seven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, a, it's quite amazing um, uh, when you think of how long we've been around and doing this. Uh, you know, this Harley started in 27. Um, you know, and I might get my dates wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's the, the starting point. Right. Um, and there's only been seven uh, VPs since then. Uh, yeah, and, and the two first were quite notable. Yes, exactly. Their impact. So we'll, we'll talk a little bit about where you think uh, GM is going from a design perspective, but I want to focus on where you've been. Mm -hmm. Because you did mention Australia and yeah. your, and your um, um, uh, trip uh, through the GM yeah. studios there. But also you were, you were in South Korea. Um, you, you have had uh, numerous other global assignments. What have you drawn from those experiences that you apply to what you're doing now? Um. I, I studied as, a, as an industrial designer or a product designer, not, not uh, strictly automotive. Um, and so uh, my take on design is, is perhaps holistic. Um, I, I like to think of designers um, encompassing the whole business. They're not just stylists. They need to think of a solution. They need to uh, be empathetic to um, the requirements of the vehicle, the function of the vehicle, and, and be part of a team. Um, I learned the business in a small studio. Um, as I said, as a, I came in as a product designer, actually started in interiors, um, that's why I was hired. Um, and I, I, I learned, I set out to learn the business because I knew nothing about automotive design. I learned the business um, through um, the parts of the business I didn't understand, which was surface. Um, and, uh, and the first thing I did was, was got hooked up to two um, incredible sculptors clay sculptors who, uh, who basically taught me how to, the hard way, <laughs> as is, is good for a young designer, but the, the hard way uh, how to learn surface and understand surface. And, and, um, and I guess uh, from there, being in a small studio, you get more opportunity to do more um, and experience everything from light engineering and functional work and HMI and ergonomics, the whole, the whole gamut is, is spread across, it's done, but spread, spread, spread across a smaller team and therefore you learn quick. Um, 
and all my experience in, in Asia Pacific and the, the smaller studios was like that. There were, um, you know, there's this, this North America was always big enough in the studios to have specialist, a specialist focus, and, and in the smaller studios, um, jack of all trade sort of thing, or jack and jill of all trade. Is the interior still your passion? Uh, cars are my passion, or, or uh, uh, automotive design is my passion now. Um, but how does it, it extends more than just the surface uh, and the style of the vehicle. Um, uh, I, I love mechanisms. I, I, I love to play the game of, certainly in my own head, of, of, of being the engineer. Um, mm. I, I've, I've learned enough uh, to, to be able to stand up with an engineer and have a, have a conversation. Um, naively, but it usually um, forces the engineer to, to have a think about um, what they'd like to do or what they should be doing to support design. And the relationship historically between those two worlds has sometimes been a, a, a pretty high wall, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, between both groups. Yeah, but and I think uh, the famously the you know the the designers and the engineers you know left right brain um, it's it's sort of the ultimate standoff. Um, but the reality is, if if one if one side of that equation, in fact, any any piece of the big business becomes dominant, you end up with a, a poorer product. Uh, if you can't balance, um, you can see it. I mean, you can see cars cars and trucks on the road now that where clearly um, one part of the organisation is one, and, uh, and and they're never happy as a result. Um, the best best thing for us is. Um, we do a, a really great job communicating what we need, uh, then creating a vision and uh, and helping um, everyone else around us understand what we're trying to trying to do, and balance that against criteria and balance that against all the things that you know you've heard engin engineers and designers blame each other for. Um, <laughs> you know, a designer who a designer who hides behind um, you know uh, criteria or. Um, you know, someone made me do that is, is just not doing their job. People, people find that strange to hear, but, <laughs> but that's the reality. I mean. Is design more complicated today than it was when you started? Are there more, um, I mean, obviously there are increasing regulations. Yeah, but it's, it's more, it's, it's um, there is a there's compounding needs um, and, and frankly the older an organization gets, um, um, the more it knows how to do the business. Um, I'm catching my words here a little bit. Um, the reality is it, it, we know a, a lot about what, what a truck and a car should be these days or what a vehicle should be. Um, the danger for us uh, is knowing too much and already having the answer without um, taking a risk, experimenting, having a vision uh, for it to be different. So is it, is it more difficult now? Uh, it's, I think it's the, if you're naive to your impact, things seem easy, we're less naive these days and therefore we understand consequence and there are, there are more requirements, uh, there is more criteria, there are um, more insur insurance things that we, we uh, requirements that we, we cover. There's, and, and, and customers are way more sophisticated than perhaps they once were. Um, it just had to look good once and, and work. Now it has to do everything fabulously. Well, and this isn't uh, the early 2000s or the 90s or the 80s when vehicles, um, you know, you, you had a, 
swath of vehicles that were exceptional, and you had a portion of the market that was yeah. maybe not so good. Yeah. And um, now everybody seems to be on a bit of a, of a same plane. Would yeah. you agree? Not only from design, but from performance and functionality, and uh, you get a lot of people my, copying my, my, each other. My allegiance says that I couldn't, I, I couldn't admit that everything's the same, but uh, <laughs> no, the, the, but realistically, the majority of, of, um, of vehicles in the market now, not all, but the majority um, do everything pretty well. Right. And the, the, the point of difference now is, is uh, the vision, the style, um, the design execution of those vehicles how well they're branded and, and how well they address customer needs, both functional customer needs and the emotional ones as well. Um, and, and these days, more than ever, the emotional is coming back. Um, people, want to, people want to look good. They always did, but um, maybe they didn't have a choice in, in the, the past, recent past. I think we're giving it to them now. Given what will change from a propulsion standpoint, mm -hmm. Is there more opportunity to make them look even better in vehicles because yeah. you can do more stylistically given the change in yeah. platforms and engineering? Well, certainly um, there was a short period where, um, where some of the vehicle designs were odd because, because um, they were overtraining on being different to demonstrate that they were hybrid or whatever. Um, that's gone. Uh, and like you say, the, uh, moving to EV and moving to a, an EV architecture does allow us um, to move things around. Um, and um, certainly for interiors, it's a, it's a big boon. We can, we can um, create more spaces perceptually and physically um, on a flat battery, flat floor battery. Um, we can choose proportion now. Um, if you want to take the, the battery architecture and, and, uh, and do a, a traditional um, long dash to axle to, to signify um, sport or premium, you can do that. Or you can do a monocab if you want, um, recognizing that we also have to be efficient in what we do. But yeah, it's a little bit more freedom. Um, but with freedom comes different constraints. Yeah. Whether it's gas or whether it's EV, um, you, still have to, you still have to work hard to make a good one. So maybe you could talk a little bit about the different approaches uh, to design as it relates to internal combustion, yeah. EV, or autonomous. How do you, you, you've got those three buckets in front of you now, at yeah. least in, you know, for the short term, yeah. midterm and long term might be a different story, but how do you approach design on each one of those? Well, autonomous, um, I, I, I put that in a, a different category because it's, uh, that's absolutely about control and, and uh, in, in a true autonomous vehicle. And so the choice there is, um, is more open. It depends on how much control you want from a uh, you know, zero control to an ability to take control. Um, so that, I just push those to one side. Um, ICE to, to EV, um, short of an ability to, to, to create a layout differently, um, um, the, the major difference, I suppose, is, is topographics. Um, you've got a, a flat top, a flat floor, and and corners to the vehicle, and um, you know, EV is in its infancy, and motors, um, the batteries will, will get smaller and smaller and have less effect. Whereas um, in ICE, uh, you know, basically you're, building, you, you're building around a, a right. motor, and, uh, and, and the motor defined the architecture, and, uh, and there you go. 
And the only difference we're dealing, the only thing we're dealing with really now is the, the fact that in most cases we're sitting on top of a bantry. Um, so we, we have to accommodate that. So is that an opportunity then for young designers to, to have a bit of a white sheet of paper as this industry evolves? Uh, Do you wish you were 25 again in the in, in oh, the I wish I, I wish I was 25 again, but for, <laughs> for much different reasons. Um, no, I, I think the, the young designers uh, come in and, and they're, they're all always buzzing with creativity and, and, um, and, and what, what we more mature uh, folk do is, is, um, is, is tunnel that creativity. Um, whether it's ice or whether it's EV, it, um, it's, yeah, it's the creativity that we live off. Um, and EV doesn't make it any better or, 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 uh, or more fantastical. It's, it's, it's still there and we, we just have to channel it. Um, is, are there opportunities because of the, um, the form and function that, that will exist in EVs? Let's say uh, design of front ends mm -hmm. will be different going forward with yeah, EVs. Um, they, still, they still do have to breathe a little. little I, mean, I know where you're going with the grills and things. Um, it's, it's a little bit freer. Um, um, what, what's really affecting uh, the vehicles more, more and more these days is the, the amount of technology built into them. Um, the designers have to, uh, to deal with criteria or packaging related to sensors, uh, LiDAR, um, cameras, the whole lot. And, and you know, more and more, this is, just goes to this uh, you know, focus on autonomous ultimately. Um, you know, the, the, the criteria in, in the front end of a vehicle is, uh, is, is quite different to perhaps where it was. They do breathe, but don't, don't need to breathe as much. And you, you'll see, you can see a little bit of that in the new Cadillac front end, and even the, the, um, the graphics on the, that we've chosen for um, Buick, um, that shark nose on the Buick, um, is a little bit uh, about um, signaling a difference, um, but also, um, uh, it's, uh, it's enabled because uh, EV doesn't require it to breathe as much. Um, lamps and things like that are getting smaller. Um, Technology is helping in that respect as well. On the Cadillac, um, that, that big mask is all about technology. That's, that that uh, buries a lot of sensors behind that surface. <laughs> um, and so, as, as, as like everything evolves, the, the, the sensors will change, um, the requirements uh, around lighting and, uh, and execution, efficiency of the vehicle will all have a play and, and will evolve the face of Cadillac, the face of Buick um, and, all the, and the other brands as well as we, as we move through time and, and technology changes or we discover some new stuff we have to package. So Michael, you mentioned a couple of brands. Let, let's play a little bit of word association with the family of brands as mm -hmm. it relates to design. Yeah. And what phrase comes to mind specifically as it relates to the US market? When I say Buick, from a design standpoint? Yeah, sculpture, sculptural beauty. Okay, Cadillac? Cadillac, technology, um, uh, luxury and performance. Yeah, yeah, visionary vehicles. Chevrolet? Chevrolet, um, performance, uh, almost um, you know, uh, strength to stability or strength to uh, um, to uh, performance, it's it's a it's a, a vast portfolio, and so we we a little bit of Corvette and everything, and a little bit of truck, in the rest. GMC, GMC capability, precision. So is there a you think about the where the brands are positioned you, and and your time at GM, 
What's the evolution of design here at GM from a philosophical standpoint? Uh, we, we don't have a we don't have a uh, a, a cycle of um, that we apply. You know, we must change by this date. Uh, what you're seeing with Cadillac, for instance, right now is a is a an evolution um, in the graphics uh, and the character of the vehicles, um, enabled by technology, by, by EV in some ways, um, and, and delivering that, and also being able to see that in, in the vehicles in the in the showroom. But we're not, you know, already in the studios. You, we're starting to look at the the next generation of that. And does that fit to a cycle of we we must do this every five to ten years? No, we 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 do it. Um, as a, as a natural growth, um, we'll show, you know, we'll show a Cadillac uh, concept perhaps next year, perhaps um, that might point to the future. In the way that we we showed um, uh, the early days of Celestic, um, because Celestic was the vision that created um, the current crop of, 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 of uh, Cadillac product that's coming through. Um, so there's no there's no no cycle. Yeah, we, we've talked to Aaron Crosley on this on this yeah. program about uh, Celestic and uh, the, just the impact that vehicles making. I saw it at Amelia Island; it, it drew yeah. it drew crowds. Yeah. It's uh, <laughs> uh, there were a lot of um, yeah. uh, jaws on on the on the uh, table. Yeah. Uh, looking at it, what does it mean to you? Uh, it's a, certainly a statement vehicle in many it's ways. A, yeah, it's a chance a chance in a lifetime. I mean, uh, as a as a um, a team of design or designers and and frankly, for the company as a whole, to, to be able to create a, a hand-built flagship like that that, um, that does exactly what it was meant to do. It's, it's, uh, it's clear to, to everyone outside what Cadillac is and, where, and what Cadillac represents. Um, it's in, all embodied in the, the Celestic. And then ev every vehicle um, inside the, the Cadillac brand um, sort of basks in that, in that sort of that glory. I mean, it, it's, that's what it's all about. You, you, to do to do um, the Celestic was to change the brand, um, and vice versa. You, you, yeah, and so you don't get a chance to do to make a statement like that. Well, in my case, once in my life. Yeah, yeah. once in many people's lifetimes because it was talked about forever. Having yeah, a Cadillac flagship. Well, I think I think there was a recognition um, for many years, um, way before my time, that that to really. Uh, impact the brand and, 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 and deliver that message, you needed a flagship. Um, and the move to EV, I think, um, was, a, was a, you know, a, a line in the sand that said, here's the time to do it. And, and uh, um, the vision was created in the studio in, in the way it should be, um, you know, with, with something so emotional, to have a vision for that and then, and then see the vision through again and, and communicate its value um, have have all the necessary people get on board, uh, and just chase the vision. That's 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 what Celestic was, or is. Yeah, yeah. That's how it came to be. It's uh, it's exactly what a product should be. Have there should always be a vision, and then we we make the vision reality. Yeah, there are many people out uh, who are out there who want to comment on what it is or what it oh. looks like or or <laughs> anything else. So, yeah, yeah. But it's design subjective, right? It's design subjective. If you, it's 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 these days because of social. Um, the worst thing a designer can do is is read the comments. <laughs> um, stay so off the yeah, stay, stay Twitter account. <laughs> stay away from the comments. I, I, I frankly I don't have social for that reason because I, I think I wouldn't be able to help myself. But um, <laughs> it is subjective. 
um, and, and, and a, a measure of, of how comfortable you are um, with what you've created is, is maybe a, a measure of how good it is. If, if you've created something and you can stand behind it and you're, and you're comfortable and you don't have second thoughts, then you've got a winner. Uh, and, and at that point it becomes a real, a real vision and it's, it's as important internally as it is externally, um, both the designers and, and, and the brand and the company. When you think about um, designs of the future, should, should a, do you believe that design can and should telegraph a car's capabilities? Uh, yeah, it, it, if, the, if the design, if what we deliver doesn't create um, an emotional response that talks to, to your point, to the performance or its purpose, mm -hmm. uh, then you've sort of missed the mark. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, why would you do a, why would you do a, um, a rugged-looking off-road vehicle that couldn't leave the road? Right. Why would you do a, um, a highly styled um, performance vehicle that had no performance? Yeah. It's, it's um, that's what we do. It, in, and I think you it goes maybe to uh, uh, to the question of EV and back, sort of where you I think you were going before. The, did EV, do EVs allow you to do things differently? Uh, and I think I mentioned they allow us to, to create that vision or create that purpose. Um, we, we don't need to do, with an EV vehicle, we don't need to do a, um, a long dash to axle and, a, and something that, that, that looks premium. But we want to trigger that in the customer related to the brand or, or the purpose of the vehicle so we can make that choice. And, and in, in that way, EV has helped us. Well, and in that way, I mean, designers have used, you alluded to this earlier, designers have used the, the fronts of cars to really announce to the world mm -hmm. what the make and the model is. You yeah. just said, you know, with, um, you know, Cadillac is doing that now. Yeah. Shape of the grill, design of the lights, mm -hmm. uh, slope of the hood, and an EV can do all of that. Yeah, um, and it, it becomes a little bit more of a choice. Right. Yeah, we, I mean, there's still, damn it, there's still packaging. Um, <laughs> but but it's uh, but there's in some ways more of a choice now. You can you can choose the proportion of the vehicle um, more easily. Will designers be able to design in automotive sexiness when vehicles are autonomous? Ah, so there's the difference, I suppose, if, if we're going to get into it, the, between a, a shared autonomous vehicle and a personally owned autonomous vehicle. And when you get into the personal, then it's it's a it's the decision of whether it's uh, fully autonomous and personally owned versus an ability to take control. Mm. Um, and so the stages of autonomous. Um, the shared autonomous vehicles, uh, I think eventually you'll see style and you'll see purpose in them. Um, but for for a long time, I think they'll be more ubiquitous. Um, um, boxes that deliver deliver people mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. uh, on the other hand the the personal autonomous vehicles will still need to say um, something emotional about the owners um, yeah uh, in the same way that, that vehicles have always done they're, they're an emotional purchase they say something about you whether mm. whether you're a, you're a, a vehicle rejecter or a, a vehicle lover um, and but but Looking forward, though, um, to the other side, to the shared autonomous vehicles, they still have to 
they still have to deliver a message of some sort, and, and it might be security. They, they, they need to feel secure, particularly in the first generation where people are stepping in and giving away control. Um, they need to be safe in character and safe in feel, um, comfortable, great experience. Um, yeah, so it's, again, design thinking all the way through. Right. After the break, I'll continue my conversation with Michael Simcoe, Global Head of Design for General Motors. And to see my interview with Michael, go to the Cars and Culture YouTube channel. Like and subscribe to see more than 90 interviews. The automobile is one of the most important inventions that revolutionized the modern world in America. The rich history of car culture runs deep as technology continues to shape the future of the industry. Jason Stein, former publisher of Automotive News, is here to share the stories of people passionate about cars, from industry leaders and innovators to car-obsessed celebrities. Buckle up as Jason takes you inside the boardroom, onto the track, and around the bend on Cars and Culture on Sirius XM Business Radio. Welcome back to the program. I'm Jason Stein in Detroit. Now the continuation of my conversation with Michael Simcoe, Global Head of Design for General Motors. And to watch my interview with Michael, go to the Cars and Culture YouTube channel. Like and subscribe to see more than 90 interviews. Culture. Are you yeah. Part of this program is cars and culture. Yeah, yeah. Are you a fan of uh, absorbing culture or taking uh, in culture and then right. applying it to design? I'd have to be dead not to. I mean, right. the reality is <laughs> um, in this business, you, um, we, we can't, you can't not, um, not absorb the culture you're in, um, either absorb or reject it, frankly. Um, How important is, is the absorption of culture to what you do? It's part of the, I mean, I guess it's part of the brief, really. You, you've got to understand the market you're in, you've got to start understand the environment you're in or that you're designing vehicles to go into. Um, it's, uh, it used to be um, a bit of a chore. You, you know, if you were trying to work out what a market looked like, you, you had to work real hard. Um, these days, there's so much information. Uh, it's almost sometimes you have to not listen to the information. Um, mm. because it's coming thick and fast. And if you listen to all of it, you get confused. Right. Um, in all of it, in the end, um, you have to have a vision that you're prepared to stand behind um, and be confident in. And in creating that vision and becoming confident is understanding the culture around the product you're creating and around you yourself as you create it. Um, there are, there's a there's a reason why um, in the past different vehicles have reacted differently um, to, the, to the, I guess, the economy and the, and the, uh, the market and the, the location they were developed. Less so these days. You know, yeah. The world's flatter. The, the world's a flat one now because of the internet. Um, but but uh, culture still plays. I'm going to name a list of vehicles mm -hmm. and you tell me your reaction to them. Oh, some here are we here we go. Some are your own, but some are <laughs> some are competitors. But I'm but yeah. I'm just curious from a design standpoint yeah. now. Yeah. Corvette Z06. Mm. Uh, yeah. Do you want me to give you give you a word or? Yeah. One or one or two words. Yeah. Uh, brutal. 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 Uh, a weapon, <laughs> but a very precise weapon. Yeah. The best that's ever been. Chevy Silverado. Tough. The best. Mm -hmm. Chevy Camaro. Mm. 
a vehicle that you had a, a hand in? Uh, in the past, yeah. Uh, yeah, just true sport. America, American sport. Cadillac Escalade. <laughs> American luxury. <laughs> Pontiac Aztec. Uh, sad but understandable. Okay, <laughs> that's a good way to say it. Volkswagen ID Buzz. Great. Hmm. Needed. Rivian R1T. Um, confused. Okay. Tesla Model S. Uh, yeah. Yeah, amazing. Okay. Uh, how about some consumer products that you can't get enough of? Uh, if we talk about phones or watches or glasses, <laughs> who do you yeah. admire in the design space on that on that side? Uh, you can't not admire what Apple have done. Um, uh, that's pretty spectacular. Um, I I don't have it. Is there anything I chase specifically? No, these days except motorbikes. Not much. Um, I like motorbikes um, because I see them as. Uh, an obtainable piece of sculpture. Hmm. Uh, and I like mechanisms. Um, I said before, I, I like pretending I understand uh, the mechanical side of the business. Um, so I, I love old motorbikes. In fact, it, it's, it's a weird one. As, as I get older, I like older things. And maybe that's just a level of appreciation. Or I've decided I can't go fast anymore. <laughs> yeah. it's, a, it's, it's a funny, funny world. Um, the, the, there's a tendency, and we're sitting in, in obviously, an office that is mm -hmm. very much, would be the definition of retro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But there is a tendency to, for, for design, either from consumer product standpoint or even just automotive, yeah. to go retro. Why, why does that occur? Do we just run out of great ideas, but we have this nostalgia for something that is older? Uh, the number of letters um, where people ask us why we can't, uh, why, why we can't just do a tri-fives Chevy again, and <laughs> why we can't do this or that from the past. And a, it's a level of nostalgia, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, frankly, it's, it's best to leave the past alone because uh, in our case, I, I looked to a vehicle that was drawn from Australia, great vehicle in and of itself, the, the, um, the Holden Coupe, um, called the Monaro down there. And it, it was, uh, dressed to be a, a GTO here. Um, yeah, it, it, at that point, um, it, the vehicle was guaranteed a, a slow start here in North America because people had a vision of what a GTO, GTO was. was. And, and, right. and what was a, a good vehicle uh, was hurt by expectation. Mm. So you, yeah, you have to be really careful. Um, it's okay to, to, to channel a past and, and, uh, and take some of the, the character perhaps, but just, just to deliver a modern version of the same, same vehicle, the same product is, is, is a bit, I think, a bit dangerous. Um, yeah, and it's, that's, to me, that's not what design's about. Mm -hmm. um, the, the interesting comment about this office though and the, and the, the furniture and the, the character being retro, um, one of the things that happens when people come into this building is they light up, even if they don't understand necessarily the, the history of the building, 
they light up because what they're seeing in the shops right now, mid-century modern, which has had a, a rebirth, was, was yes. essentially built in this, uh, or created in this environment. <laughs> um, Saren and, and, the, and Roach and, and those who, who created this, this amazing building um, and, the, and the furniture in it, um, that's all back in fashion. Yeah. Yeah. But in this office, it's not recreated, it's the real thing. That's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's no interior designer who's come in to say, we're well, going to do it could, just could, like 1956 in here. Yeah, we get people come in and say, well, where'd you get the furniture? Well, it's, it's, it's original. <laughs> um, personally for you, you you've, you've called the Stingray Racer the bomb. Is it safe to call it your inspiration or your favorite car? Is it my favorite car? No, I, I think I was asked once to list um, you know, my, my, my favorite cars and I got down to a list of about 100. Uh, <laughs> and it's, and it's, it's because, um, it, it, yeah, I, I don't think there's ever, ever a vehicle that I would say is, is my absolute favorite. I own some vehicles which I believe are design icons for what they, for when they were created and what, and what they do, but, um, but are they my favorite cars? No. Um, what are some uh, of those icons? What do you, what do you uh, have in your garage that you're uh, particularly proud of? An Aston DB4, because uh, I love the work of touring, um, particularly in that period. Um, I have a, a Lancia B20 GT, um, again, really simple. I, I love simplicity and I love proportion in a vehicle. Um, and I also love the uh, mechanical um, advancement that some of them represent. And, and the, the GT was, I, I bought it for that reason. I just, many, many, many years ago and I couldn't afford it, but I, I bought one and um, that, was a, that was a boyhood dream. Uh, vehicles like that. And, and um, this behind you is a, a Ducati a 900 um, from the past, but it's a design icon. It's, uh, it's a fabulous thing and I tend to, I tend to have favorites in that direction, but then when I have to list them and someone asks sure. you a direct question, I, like I said, I, I got to a list of 100 and at that point it became useless to anybody. <laughs> um, and useless to me, actually. <laughs> Porsche has been, uh, you can look at a, at a 997 mm -hmm. from 2005 and look at a 992 from 2020. Yeah. And it, there are such subtle changes in that mm -hmm. 15 year, 13 year period. Yeah. What do you think of design like that? There's just this constant iteration, right? They, they do what they do really, really well because they're, they're, um, they have a, a brand and image to protect and a, and a, uh, a heritage of, 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 of style and, and, uh, and again, I guess precision on the racetrack and precision on the road and appeal to certain customers. I mean, and they, they do it very well. Right. Your work at GM has been influenced by your life experiences, your education, your travels, obviously. Yeah. That said, can you name some brands inside automotive, aside from GM brands, yeah. and outside automotive that you admire? I've, I've always had a, um, a love, in a modern sense, uh, for, for Mazda and what they've mm -hmm. done. They're so true to vision, um, so design-led, um, mm -hmm. and such a... Uh, such an efficient, um, uh, an efficient little company uh, that creates. I should little company. That's terrible. 
uh, but a, but a, a company that's created uh, vehicles in it of a that were in front enthusiasts, mm -hmm. I think, um, forever, um, um, and just gotten been consistent and, and uh, done their job well. Um, products, uh, like I said before, I think I think I admire Apple and what they've done uh, and, and how that how consistent they've been. Uh, nice stuff. Um, I yeah, beyond that. No, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't get into anything in detail because I, I, I tend to buy a bit of everything. Um, I like uh, Paul Smith clothing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's about as far as it goes. Right. I'm not much more sophisticated than that. Right. If you were to think of the icons of, of Mount Rushmore, if you will, of mm -hmm. car designers, who would be on that car design mountain? Oh, hell. We've had a few designers on the program. You yeah. Um, when, I, when I think hard about that, I, I, I go straight back to um, my love for the simplicity of touring. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, yeah. Uh, touring, and I, I, I would say, um, it sounds very parochial of me, but um, I love Mitchell's work. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Um, there's plenty more. I just no, <laughs> no, no. A hundred names and hard to narrow. Right? No, it's, it's a, again. It's a. Uh, you put me on the spot. Um, I, I under, I, I understand. I have, I have the things I like about pretty much everything. Um, and to to go in and, and it's a bit like the vehicles to go in a name a vehicle. Mm. Um, or name a, an individual, or and there's no individuals. They, there were teams, teams of people who backed up all the individuals. Um, and Gandini and people like that that were, have a special place. But there's so many of them. Yeah. I mean, everyone who's over the years has had a uh, has always they've done good work in their space um, and for their purpose. Uh, and anyone who's a personal mentor of yours in the design space that. Um, the only one I'd say was a, uh, a mentor per se was, uh, I had two people I'd regard as that. As one was uh, an engineer and one was a, uh, a graphic designer. And the graphic designer was, uh, who's passed on now, um, a guy called Bruce Edwards, way, way back in Australia, who, um, who got me from being a, a dopey kid to, to being someone who had confidence and, and uh, in their own ability. Um, and I, I was friends with him because he he, he did that for me uh, for so long, and then uh, an engineer who um, who basically gave me my head at, at Holden. I, I worked for the chief engineer, um, uh, a guy called Tony Hyde, who's still around, retired now. Um, but he had again he he had enough confidence to to let me do my thing, um, and 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 help me. Through some through some some tough times down at Holden, where uh, you know the the business was small, so everything was pretty tight. Um, but we did yeah we did some good work down there, and largely because of the relationship I had with him. Um, beyond that, lots so many people have helped. Um, when I came here in '16, I think I said I, I I was wasn't sure I'd made the right decision, but um, uh, I'm I'm glad I said yes now and. and uh, 
Hmm. Mark, Mark Royce has helped a lot. The combination of Mark and Mary and the, the, the leadership team here now has, has changed the culture, changed the business. Jim's uh, a pretty special place now. Um, closer to what I think in their hearts most people want GM to be than perhaps it, it's, uh, it, it's been for a number of years. When you arrived in 16, you said you were going to get out of the way of the designers. Yeah. I haven't still done feel that, that way? I haven't done that totally. Have you done that? <laughs> Not totally. Um, um, yeah, I've, I've got an ego enough to, to have an opinion. Um, but I challenge, I challenge mostly to get people to, to live up to their capability. Um, yeah, uh, I, I've said it a couple of times here, I'm, I'm never disappointed, um, always dissatisfied. <laughs> you just, um, as a designer, um, I don't think I'm, in, I'm special with this, but... It's sort of the plate the, the, of the designer, isn't it? The, the, fo <laughs> the focus is, you, you know, the next one's always going to be better. I mean, you get that trite response, what's the favourite car, or, you know, it's the next one we're about to do. Well, but it's real. <laughs> It's yeah. real. It's a, you have to. If you're not dissatisfied, then you've you've sort of reached the end of your of your ribbon. So wonderful. Thank you for having me in this uh, no, very um, famous place, and uh, I can I can feel the ghosts in the wall. <laughs> yes, and I can. Uh, yeah, myths abound in here. So myths abound. Well, maybe maybe you can create some more too. <laughs> oh no, I, I get arrested these days for that sort of thing. I, Integrity means I can't do that sort of stuff anymore. Thank you, Michael. Thanks for being on the program. You're welcome. Thanks again to my guest today, Michael Simcoe, Global Head of Design for General Motors. And to see my interview with Michael, go to the Cars & Culture YouTube channel. Like and subscribe to see more than 90 interviews. And thanks for listening to Cars & Culture. You can follow us on LinkedIn and Facebook, as well as on Instagram, at Cars & Culture SXM, and on Twitter, at Cars & Culture. I'm Jason Stein in Detroit. We'll see you down the road.